Greetings and welcome to EHA Unplugged, the official podcast channel of the European Hematology Association, EHA. This is a special Lighting the Flame edition where we talk to some of our promising and active members in the hematology community. Our guests in this podcast series have volunteered their time to attend and facilitate the Lighting the Flame program where they mentor young trainees and medical students in their field of hematology. In this podcast series, they talk about their experiences in their field and give advice to those who are interested in becoming a hematologist. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. Disclaimer, this interview was recorded outdoors during the Lighting the Flame workshop in Romania in a wonderful location next to the fields and forest. Therefore, you may hear some cricket noises in the background. Hello, my name is Constance Serduna. I'm a hematologist working at the University Hospital in Ulm, Germany. Hello, I am Jorge Sierra, I'm a hematologist at the Hospital Santa Cruz San Pau in Barcelona, in Spain. So it's really nice to have you for the interview today. So, Professor Sierra, you are an expert in hematology and you are an expert also in myeloma, not only in acute myeloma, leukemia. And today we would like to discuss with you myeloma and maybe you can give a, a short, a brief introduction um, about myeloma. Well, the myeloma is a plasma cell disorder, which is characterized by the chronic uh, production of uh, uh, plasma cells. And uh, this leads to the production of vascular or uh, a part of the immunoglobulins. And uh, we have two problems for having myeloma. One is uh, that plasma cells produce uh, uh, cytokines that uh, uh, stimulate osteoblasts and produce bone lesions. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, the, the uh, abnormal immunoglobulin, which is producing a very high amount, may produce uh, uh, toxicity in different uh, organs, maybe in the, in the kidney. So it's very common to have uh, myeloma patients with renal insufficiency. And uh, but we also have other uh, uh, abnormalities. So the the uh, replacement of normal body valve by uh, myeloma cells leads to anemia, and uh, again the higher activity of osteoblasts this produces uh, hypercalcemia, which uh, uh, manifests different clinical uh, features and of course the degradations that may be severe in these patients. So what, what is the typical feature? Why do patients come to the clinic and, and, and what is the typical symptoms they have when they come with a suspicion to myeloma? Well, the typical symptoms are on one hand weakness due to uh, anemia and it, uh, and also bone pain as a reflection of the marrow infiltration by uh, clonal neoplastic plasma cells. Sometimes they also come with some uh, neurological symptoms like uh, uh, somnolence due to the hypercalcemia, or sometimes they have other 
clinical features, but the most common are uh, those related with anemia and the bone marrow infiltration and bone pain. And sometimes these uh, these uh, bones uh, 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 symptoms may be severe uh, due to osteomitic uh, lesions and the spontaneous fractures. So when you look at multiple myeloma as a disease, what is the fascinating aspect um, if you look at it, my, multiple myeloma in comparison to other diseases we are treating? Well, do you have symptoms from several organs from the kidney, uh, of the bone, of the hematopoietic system? And so you got a variety on that all the uh, clinical symptoms on one hand. And I would say what is more fascinating has been the, the change in prognosis of these patients thanks to the developments of many uh, novel agents that have changed the landscape uh, of treatment of uh, myeloma. So it's very, very different now compared to 20 years ago. 20 years ago, we only had a very limited armamentarium of drugs to treat the myeloma, and these were basically uh, 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 chemotherapeutic agents and uh, corticosteroids. But now we have uh, many, many other uh, agents that are being targeted therapies, a immunomodulating agent, any new therapy. So uh, I would say and that uh, that does the most fascinating is a change in the treatment of armamentarium and as a consequence improvement in the prognosis. It is it is really very nice development um, of my benefit for the patients, but I'm sure there are still some challenges in the treatment in the management of myeloma patients. Yes, yes, of course. The first, uh, uh, the first challenge is a way to start it. Usually, it, it was considered that, that myeloma patients should already be treated when they had already uh, clinical symptoms. And sometimes it's too late because uh, uh, the initial symptoms may be a pathological fracture and so it's a challenge to do the um, early uh, diagnosis and early data. And, uh, and there is a condition that uh, is uh, known as bordering myeloma, in which uh, you, the patient already has a malinterpretation. It has the production of the monochronal component. Uh, it is sure that it will devolve sooner or later to uh, to a multiple symptomatic myeloma. And there are studies now uh, that have allowed it high risk, smoldering or indolent myeloma, very high probability of transformation to multiple myeloma. High risk smoldering myeloma, it has been shown that early treatment uh, basically, with the nanidomide and the examethasone, uh, improves the prognosis and 
delays or even maybe avoids the development of a symptomatic myeloma. So this is one important challenge, the fairly treatment. Another uh, important challenge is how to uh, uh, evaluate the response to therapy. And uh, as it is becoming more and more important uh, to have many sensitive methods to assess uh, measurable residual disease, also in myeloma patients. And we have uh, uh, more and more sophisticated uh, tools to assess this MRV uh, and uh, now it's possible also to apply uh, next generation sequencing or next generation throw or even novel techniques as a mass spectrometry to the to assess the restores and uh, of course uh, the big challenge is how best to use the, the novel agents. So try to use them most of the up front because as in other methodological diagnosis, if you want to prolong the survival or to cure the disease, very important, use the best agent up front to get the, uh, uh, the longest period of uh, progression and facial viral. And we have now many different uh, possibilities. For example, now the proline therapy is with the uh, proteasome inhibitors, is with immunomodulating agents, with dexanetasone, but also with monoclonal antibodies against CD38. And if you use these four tracks, is then you get a very good response then then put a progression to survive and all that survival. It is also challenging uh, the, to the use of uh, ontologous stem cell transplantation. There have been studies questioning whether uh, ontologous transplant is necessarily it's that. And uh, so far, Ontologus still remains a very important uh, part of the event. So you should continue doing Ontologus whenever possible. And also, it's important after the transmart is made down there. And uh, a final challenge in make. In, uh, in, uh, in therapy of myeloma patients using inflammation of review therapies. So we know that uh, uh, there are targets in the myeloma cells that may be at that within one of therapy. We have, for example, BCMA, the CAMSMAN7, the CAM other targets. And we can attack them with monoclonal antibodies, with BS-specific antibodies that uh, attach to the targeted melanoma cells, but also to the T cells and approach these cells in order to a higher destruction of the neoplastic cells. And of course, a novel calf tissue therapy also has to extend the already uh, to myeloma. And uh, we've had 
eh, at least two BCMA eh, ontologous eh, eh, cartesian therapies which are already eh, available and may have rescue patients who have failed to do the fairy to upon the other two years studies. So based on the many, many developments in myeloma, which is, I think, really impressive, but also on those still remaining challenges, what do you think would be interesting for um, uh, students, medical students, or young hematologists on the other months from myeloma? When I say that us, I would uh, encourage to do, for example, research in the molecular events that uh, lead to transformation from monoclonal amopathies or not significant to a smoldering myeloma and to multiple myeloma. Also to look at the molecular events uh, after response to therapy and uh, in relapses, so they to investigate the clonal evolution of the disease. I would also encourage them to uh, do a study on the mesoborca C1 disease. And uh, and I think that uh, although the, the the prognosis of these patients has improved, there is still uh, a way to go and uh, to include not only the length of survival of these uh, patients, but also the quality of life. Because in multiple myeloma, the multidisciplinary approach is very important to involve people from other specialties, primary uh, therapy, uh, uh, social workers, uh, pediatric care, uh, 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 I think it is a, it's a, a very important, the multidisciplinary uh, approach in space and stories that we and uh, although uh, we haven't proven that it's really a way to go. So there's lots of room for the young hematologists, for the medical students if they are interested in doing research or also clinical research in multiple myeloma. And I think this measurement of fresh residual disease is very, very, mainly it allows us to, to react very early and to pre to, to preempt this therapy in these patients. Is that so? And one last question. Um, so, what I mean, you, you already mentioned um, the developments in the in in, in therapy in multiple myeloma. What, what do you expect in the next five to ten years? Do you think we can aim to cure multiple myeloma in the next ten years, or where do we go? Well, I think that we may be there if we are able to treat early the patients. Uh, as I mentioned, it is more than in my own uh, situation, but also when we are able to use the best therapies up front. And in these regards, for example, CAR T-cell therapy or the specific antibodies uh, are, are being applied in quite late uh, moments of the evolution of the disease. When you transfer this to a very approach therapy, it is possible that you can cure patients uh, from scratch from the beginning uh, by using the novel agents followed by the best immune therapies, including capital therapies. 
So I think that moving up front, not only in Maradona, but also in, in the informers or uh, Akinwood Juniors, the best therapy that had been tested in advanced phases may lead to the cure of most patients with uh, most deeper myeloma maybe in 10 or 15 years from now. Yeah, it can be easily measured by um, by the measurement of of mineral residual disease. So that, that's that's really nice to monitor. And also maintenance, I think, will still be a let play a big role in the treatment. Sure, sure, sure. Of course, uh, to to do the early therapy of a measurable residual disease is uh, is crucial. We transfer this to infectious disease, for example. If we monitor CNV now, which was in the past needing uh, uh, to a uh, uh, factor of pneumonia, but now with the monitoring CNV PCR, we are able to abort the development of the disease. So the same in tumors. So if you are able to treat very early yeah. uh, measurable single disease, for sure do we able to cure uh, most to the patient or to transform the disease in a chronic disorder. Yeah. No, I think this, the, the developments in multiple myeloma treatments, the knowledge we gained over the last years, this is really very impressive. And um, the change in the combination of the therapy is what I think is really a challenge, but also very fascinating. It's a disease that needs multidisciplinary um, uh, management of the patient. So this is something um, that I think is very fascinating and a challenge for us as hematologists to look at. A final message from your side with regard to multiple myeloma? Well, it is a final message for students. So uh, I encourage you to uh, to become an oncohematologist with all men in this disease or in other hematologic malignancies because. Hematology has always been at the forefront for the information, diagnosis, and uh, in therapy. And it is uh, smoke by other specialities, for example, oncology. So I think uh, hematology is fascinating, uh, ongoing is fascinating, and uh, multiple myeloma is also a fascinating disease where we can improve a lot uh, the length and of survival and the quality of life for our patients. Thank you very much, Professor Sierra, for this interesting and informative interview. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Can I uh, ask you to ask one more question? I have one more question. Yes. Uh, you, meant, you mentioned about asking students to get involved in more research. But uh, my question would be, like if they want to get involved in research, how would they do that? Is there is there a way they could do that easy? A perceptorship, perhaps? Is uh, is there? Yeah. How can they? Yeah, if they want. Yeah. You want to record it? Yes. 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 It'll be good. So with regard to our students and the hematologists, I mean, many of them are interested in doing research for us. So with regard to multiple myeloma, how, how can they get involved in, in research? Well, I think that the first, the first 
uh, is to choose the, the best place to do the results. And, uh, and uh, not all the hematology departments are uh, mainly focused on multiple myeloma. So if somebody wants to uh, do research in multiple myeloma, and they should go to the appropriate uh, place. And uh, and uh, they they need to get the information of where this research is done on each country. But in, in all European countries, there are at least two or three centers which are focused on this disease and that have a lot of patients and, and in consequence, a lot of samples. This is number one. And then, uh, they have to get a good mentor. So and uh, the mentor is essential in order to work with you uh, uh, the research project they want to develop. And, and then they have to be very constant. Uh, I mean, they have uh, to have a very steering bias on what is the question uh, they want to answer. And, uh, and uh, so the mentor, it is relevant in order that uh, this question has not been answered before and, uh, and that it has novelty. And as I mentioned, it's very important to be very constant, very focused on what you uh, want to do. So to do it at the best place and with a good, uh, the best mentor you can, you can get. And, uh, and don't forget that the improvement in the, in the uh, clinical results are uh, based on the improvement of more basic and translational research first. So uh, although sometimes it's not so easy to see the applicability of one more basic research, at the very end, it is a will have made into improvement of the prognosis of the patients. So it may be networking plays an important role, networking that you can learn or do within such a program like Lighting the Flame. So you, do you have contact to experts in the field? And maybe there are some programs or possibilities that these young people come to your lab if you are an expert in multiple myeloma. We said your lab have a kind of preceptorship and, and, um, um, yeah, get some more information and might get interested and make the decision to come to your department. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, I think that networking is essential, uh, first to, to know what to do with your professional career and your research career, but also when you are doing the studies, you know, uh, hematological malignancies are not so frequent and less frequent than sorry, tumors. So also networking when you are doing research, both basic and clinical is mandatory because uh, there are not so many patients uh, and samples to study. So international collaboration is very important.